Progress. Okay, so the last thing we did was um, the Brisa said that the laws of circumcision, the laws of a ger, are the same laws of mem zayinam mem chesam at the top of the oven. So the Gemara had said that the same halachas for a convert, for conversion, is the same halachas for emancipating a slave. And the way we understood that is the same way when you dip the slave for the second time to make him free, it has the same halachas of conversion, meaning just like conversion requires kabbalah samitzvahs, so too emancipating a slave also requires kabbalah samitzvahs. The problem is, the Brisa says it doesn't. So you have a contradiction. When you dip a slave for the second time, does he have to make kabbalah mitzvahs? So he said, there's a machlegus, a shimnalaz, and the rabbanon, whether if you dip a yifas toyer, you, you, you capture this woman at war, and you dip her twice, no Kabbalah Mitzvah, does it work? The Rabbanon say no. Shemalah says yes. So the Gemara understands that this is a broader machloikis, not just about Yifas It's in general, can you dip a slave twice without Kabbalah Mitzvah and have it work? Now, just to explain, because this is important coming up, today's daf is, I believe, easy. I didn't really have much time. I went to bed very, very late last night, so I did not have much time to look it over, but it, it, it seems to not be that difficult. Um, just to explain why Rav Shimon Lazar holds what he holds. As I said yesterday, part of the reason why you don't have to make them be Mechavah Mitzvahs is because they practically act as a Jew for a period of time, right? You dip a slave for the first time and then you dip a slave to be free, two years in between, those two years, they're, they're Shomer Mitzvahs, Torah Mitzvahs, they're not all Torah Mitzvahs, but they're keeping the halachas of a woman. So they're not doing time-bound mitzvahs, but they're doing everything else. So I understand why you don't have to be makabal mitzvahs the second time. The chiddush of yafas toyar is that you're dipping them twice. Yafas toyar, you're dipping them... shares over there, sorry. You're dipping the yafas toyar twice instantly. Rishim and Eliza feels it's fine, even though you were not keeping Torah mitzvahs in between. The Rabbanon are against it, and we're extrapolating that the Rabbanon... The same way they're against the Yafas Toyar, they're going to be against every slave, which obviously you could already anticipate the Gemara is going to say, maybe not. Maybe they're against the Yafas Toyar dipping her without Mechavah Termits because she doesn't act as a Jew in between. But the average slave, maybe they are cool with, which is the Gemara's conclusion. The Gemara's conclusion is going to be that everyone is okay with dipping a slave twice, even though they don't, and, 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 and without Kabbalah Samitzis, because in between they, they act as a Jew, and Yafas Toyar is different. Okay. But you have Says the Gemara, Amar Rava, top of the Amar Meches Manalfa. Starting Amar Rava, my time with the Rishim Nolazer. What's the Rishim Nolazer shita about? Why does he hold? According to Rishim Nolazer, you basically can make a Jew against his will. You buy a slave, you dip him once, you dip him a second time. He's Jewish. Like it, it's it's against his will. Where does he find such a musig that you're able to basically convert someone, not in the classical way, against their will? In essence, so says the Gemara, Dechsev Kol Eved Ish Miknas Kesef. The pasuk describes. Uh, it's talking about feeding um, uh, an owner cannot eat if the uh, Pesach if its slaves are uncircumcised, and it says Kol Eved Ish Miknas Kesef. It describes the slave owned by a man. Why does it have to be owned by a man? And if it's owned by a woman, the halachas are the same. It doesn't matter who the owner is. If the slaves are uncircumcised, it prevents the owner. It doesn't matter. Why does it have to be that the owner is a man? And if the owner is a woman. If a woman owns slaves, the halach is the same. So, miknas, uh, evid ish, fully evid isha. Why does it specifically say evid ish? So, the Gemara says it's a teach you a following halacha. Ela evid ish atamol bal karchai. The atamol ben ish bal karchai. You know what it means? Evid ish, it doesn't just mean the slaves of a man, it means a slave who is a man. There's a musig that you're able to make a man who's a slave a Jew. 
Hevet ish at a mobile karcha. The Gemara understands that that's the drasha. You could make a you can make a slave Jewish against his will, but you can't make a benish. Meaning, if a re- regular man converts and he wants his son to convert with him, he can't force that. Meaning, you can't force regular conversion, but you can force slavery conversion. That's a shemrul as a shita. Basically, you take a guy, you dip him twice. He's a Jew. In essence, force conversion. What's the reason? That's exerus hakasa that it works. But his point is, it's from this pasuk. Okay. The Rabbanon who disagree, they feel, no, there's no such thing as a forced conversion. Even a slave has to be Makabal Terimitz. For Rabbanon, Amar Ula, they say no. Kashem Shiatamol ben Ish Balkarcha, Kachiatamol Evid Ish Balkarcha. You can't force a person to convert and you can't force a slave to convert. So what do they do with this Pasuk? Elahoksiv Kol Evid Ish, Homi Bailek the Shmuel. They use the Pasuk for something else. They use it for Shmuel's Drasha. Domer Shmuel, Hamafkir Avda Yatzel Cheris, Vein Sarach Get Shechrar. Uh, Shmuel Shita is that if you're Mafkir and Eved, he's free. You don't have to actually give him an emancipation uh, bill. Meaning another way of freeing a slave is Hefker. If you make the slave Hefker. How do I know this? Shnemar, kol Eved ish miknas kasef. Eved ish v'le Eved isha. El Eved sh'yesh l'rishus l'rabai olav kari Eved. Rishus l'rabai in kari Eved. Eved ish means you're only an Eved if you have an ish, you have an owner on top of you. But the second you're mafker him, you go free. So it has nothing to do with Kabbalah Samitzvah, not Kabbalah Samitzvah, If you have an Eved that has an ish, if an Eved has an owner, then he's an Eved. But if you're mafker him, you're no longer an Eved. He's no longer Eved anymore. So the Allah is he goes free. Okay, so we said before, I'm going to grab another chair. The Gemara says, I Because I, I like the, the, at home I have like a chair that has the things, so like this is like sort of like it. So the Gemara says like this: We said before that there was a we, we were trying to figure out there's a contradiction in the Brises because our the one Brises says a, a slave does not have to mikabel mitzvahs, but our Brises says that the process of mikvah for a slave is the same as process of conversion, seemingly that they both need kabbalas mitzvahs. So do you need kabbalas mitzvahs or not? So we said oh, it's machlekes the shemulaz and the rabbanah. What's the Rabbanon Shita? The Rabbanon feel that you can't just dip a Yafas Torah twice. Meaning, a slave needs Kabbalah Samitzvahs. As I said yesterday, it's not so poshit. It could be that a slave doesn't need Kabbalah Samitzvahs. It could be that the Rabbanon's objection for doing Yafas Torah, all the Rabbanon feel is that you cannot take a woman who's captive, dip her twice, and then make her a Jew. So we said, we extrapolated, oh, if they're against that, they're probably against all slaves. That's not so true. The average slave is acting like a Jew for years. Maybe in general you don't you don't you don't need kabbal samitzas. But if I you do because if I start, they're not acting as a Jew. The average slave, you buy them, you dip them once, two, five, seven years, they're acting, they're keeping taramitzas partially, and you dip them a second time. It could be the rabbanon are okay with that. When do rabbanon feel that you need kabbal samitzas? By if because the entire process is happening like this: you capture you you capture her, you dip her twice within an hour. And then she's, she's a Jew. I could see why the Rabbana are against that. How do you know the Rabbana are in, against all slaves? Maybe Dafi Yefastaya. So says the Gemara, Maskil Rav Papa, Eimadesham the Rabbana Yefastaya. All you know is the Rabbana are against this process. By Yefastaya, Doli Shaykh Abimitzis, because she never actually did mitzvahs. Avil Eved, the Shaykh Abimitzis, but the slave, the average slave who kept Torah mitzvahs for a period of time, Hachanami Afil Rabbana Maide. Maybe the Rabbana are okay with it. Meaning maybe everyone's okay with with dipping a slave without him accepting Taramitzis if he acted as a Jew for a period of time. So how do you know the Rabbana are against it? All you know is the Rabbana are against it by Yafas 
I get why they're against the Ifas Torah, but how do you know they're against by other slaves? How do I know there's a distinction? The Brisa says, a convert needs to accept her mitzvahs, and if you find a slave in the middle, meaning like Ifas Torah, buying a slave from a guy, meaning just without him acting as a Jew, he needs to accept her mitzvahs. But, says the Brisa, but if you have a slave who's been acting as a Jew, meaning you don't have to accept her mitzvahs. This Brisa clearly makes a distinction between the Ifas Torah and other slaves. Who authored that? It's not Rashim al-Azhar because he feels you never have to make Kabbal Torah mitzvahs. It must be the Rabbanon. And there's a distinction between what type of slave. Yafas Tayyar, they're not okay with. Other slaves, they are okay with. So you see the Rabbanon are also okay with uh, emancipating a slave without him accepting Torah mitzvahs. The Gemara says, Money, who offered this? Even So you see that the Rabbanon are also okay with with having a slave, as long as they acted as a Jew for a period of time, they, you don't have to makabal Torah mitzvahs. So, go back to yesterday's, the end of yesterday's daf, we have a contradiction. The Brisa clearly states that you do not have to have a, a, a slave be makabal Torah mitzvahs. Now we're saying that's according to everybody. The problem is our Brisa said that the laws of Tvila are the same, the laws of the mikvah are the same for a convert, and for an emancipated slave. And we understood that what that meant is, just like a convert has to accept our mitzvahs, so to an emancipated slave has to accept our mitzvahs. The problem is that's not true. Meaning, we're, we're now saying that a slave does not have the Kabbalah Torah mitzvahs, but the Brisa says that a slave's procedure is the same as a convert. Doesn't that mean that, that he has the Kabbalah Torah mitzvahs? So does a slave have the Kabbalah Torah mitzvahs or not? So the Gemara answers, El Akasha, Echot Ger Tanya. The answer is, a slave does not have the Kabbalah Torah mitzvahs. According to everybody. So why does the Brisa say that the procedure is the same as a slave as as a convert? Not regard exactly, meaning not when it comes to Tarmizas, the procedure for the mikvah is the same. Meaning you need to have a bezdin, they have to go under the water, they can't have any knots in their hair, they can't have nail polish, they, you know, they have to they can't have any clothing on. The point is the procedure for the mikvah is the same, not not the not the Kabbalah's Tarmitzvahs. It's the procedure the same except for Tarmitzvahs. Okay. Correct. It's the same as a convert minus Torah mitzvahs. But the procedure of going to the mikvah, having a bezdin. Torah mitzvahs is a, is a portion of the Geras. Correct. But tevila is tevila. Exactly. They both need tevila. I mean, the mikvah is the same. Yeah. The mikvah procedure is the same. Okay. Mila is mila. But we agree that both the Brysa and the Mishnah all say that it's the same. That the gear has to do with yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Okay, now that we mentioned the Yifas Tayyar, we're going to talk about Yifas Tayyar for a little bit again. This is a woman who was taken captive, and the halach is that before you marry her, she has, to, she has to cut her hair, you have to cut her hair, she has to mourn the loss of her parents. Um, now we're going to talk about that a little bit. So the Gemara says, Tanar Abanam, V'gilchas Rosha, she cuts her hair, V'asa Sipanayim, and it says she does her nails. Asasa means to do. What do you mean to do your nails? Obviously, it doesn't mean to make a nail polish. What does it mean to do her nails? What, what, what do we do with her nails in this month of mourning? So it's a machloikas. Rav Lazar says she has to cut her nails. She can't have nice long nails. Rav Akiva says, no, you have to let them grow out really long. So the question is, is it like hair? Hair you cut, so to nails you're cut. Or hair you cut because it looks worse with cut hair. Women look better with longer hair. So in this case, maybe you should make the nails go long because that looks worse. 
long and gross nails are, are, are worse. So the machlekes is, what do you do with the nails? Do you treat it like hair, or do you do you make it look bad like hair? You understand? Meaning, do you cut it, or do you let it grow? Rav Amr Avalazar, Nemra Asiya Baraj, Rav said you have to cut them. Why? Because he says, it says the word Asiya by Roish regarding the hair, but never Asiya Bitsipanaim. You have to do something to the hair, you got to do something to the nails. Malalan Havar, Avkanavar, just like the hair you cut, so to the nails you cut. Rav Akiva says, no. Nemer Asiya Baraish, Nemer Asiya Bitsipanaim. Rav Akiva says, no, you have to treat the nails like the hair. Malalan Nivel, just like the hair you cut because that looks worse. Avkan Nivel, so to you let the nails grow long because that's, that's also gross. Okay. We have a, a riot to Ravalazar that uh, the word Asiya means to cut, because it says, Mephiboshes Ben Shaul went to see Dovon Melech and he didn't, and he was acting as a mourner, which was a taina against him, and it says, He didn't do his, his nails of his feet and he didn't do his mustache, and he didn't cut his mustache. You see, Asiya means to cut. Okay. My Avar. Another machlaikis. This is purely halachi, a purely jurasha base. This is not halachi. There's no difference in nafkamina. It says that she mourns her mother and her father for 30 days. The question is, what is she mourning? Again, there's no halachic difference because she's going to mourn what she's going to mourn. We just want to know what is the Torah expect her to mourn? What is she crying about? Is it mother and father physically, like her parents, or mother and father, her, her previous religion? Ubaqsas Avia Simad says she mourns the loss of her parents for 30 days. Go to the next page. Ravliezer Aimer Aviavia Mamish. Ravliezer says it literally means her father and Aima. I mean, she's, she's, she's homesick. She's crying over her parents. Ravakiva says no. Aviavia Zuvai They say no. You're not mourning over the parents. You're mourning over the, 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 the loss of her religion. The Pasuk describes this Getchka, this wooden idol, as a father. Okay. How long does she mourn for? So it says, Yerach Yomim, Yerach Shloshim Yomim. The Tanakhama says 30 days. Yerach is 30 days, a month. Rishim Allah says, no, Tishim Yomim. It's actually 90 days. Why? Because it says, Yerach Yomim Acherkach. It says those three phrases in the Pasuk, each being 30 days. So Yerach is 30, Yomim is 30, and Acherkach is another 30, so it's 90. Okay? Yerach Shloshim Yomim Shloshim Yachach Shloshim. Maskler Ravina, Ravina says, Akasha, why do you, 90? Maybe it's 120, right? Maybe it's Yerach is 30. Yomim is another 30, 60, and then Acherkach means double it. How do you know it's 90? Maybe it's 120. So it's a kasha. The Gemara says, Maybe Yerach means to double it. Kasha, it's a kasha. Okay. Fine. New Machlekes. The Machlekes is like this. Are you allowed to keep a slave who's uncircumcised? Are you allowed to? Oh, interesting. No, but then maybe 120 also. It's 90 days, like 30 days like Mitzat Avelos, and then another 90. Yeah, I can say it. Interesting. Taner Abonan. Okay, the Machlegis is, are you allowed to have a uncircumcised slave? Slave. Right, we've been talking about, you take a non-Jew slave, you circumcise, dip him in the mikvah, and he becomes like a partial Jew. Buy him. Buy him, capture him. The question is, are you allowed to own a slave in Eretz Yisrael that's uncircumcised? Like, we've been talking about this whole process that you have a slave, you circumcise and dip him in the mikvah. He's, maybe you don't want to do that. Is there an iser? So it's a machlekes tanoim. Tanor abonim. Mekayimin avadim she'en malim de Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Shmuel says, you can have a slave who's uncircumcised. Meaning, if you want to have them as a, a partially Jew, you could do that. But you could also just have them as a guy. Rabbi Kiva says, no. In mekayimin. Rabbi Kiva says it's aser. Now, why is it aser? So... Some Rishayinim said the Isser is because they're going to touch your wine. You know, they, 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 you know, it's just not a good idea to have a guy in your house. The problem is we're going to see that Rebbe Kiva 
was makel in certain circumstances. Rabbi Kiva was lenient if when you purchased him, you stipulated, I'm not going to make you a Jew, then it's fine. And now if, if it has to do with touching wine, it, it shouldn't make a distinction. So rather, Rabbi Kiva says, the reason why it's also is because Avram Avinu was told, he was told to circumcise his slaves. So in general, there's, there's an iser to own a slave who's not circumcised unless you have certain stipulations. But it's an overall iser. It's, it has nothing to do with practicality. It's not like, oh, there's yichud, and, or they're going to touch your wine. It's just stam. The Torah does not want you to own slaves who are uncircumcised. Is there a reason why they don't go through the whole process? The... What do you mean? Like, you were just saying that when, they're, when, when the Megayer... Well, because if they become fully slaves, because of, because remember, if we saw it, we saw it. if they become a Jew, then it could be they're no longer slaves. But yeah, yeah, you don't want that. Yeah, you want the you want the process. So Rabbi Kiva says it's us. Rabbi Shmuel says it's fine. Amalei Rabbi Shmuel, how do I know that you're allowed to own a non-Jewish slave, a slave who's uncircumcised? Because the pasuk says the pasuk is describing Shabbos and it describes how you have to rest your slaves and it says Vayinavash ben Amasecha ben Amasecha Chazal understood is an uncircumcised slave, as we'll see in a moment. So you see that it's such a shy. It's obviously a thing. If the Pasuk is describing an uncircumcised slave, obviously an uncircumcised slave is, is something that was a reality. Amar so how does Rav Akiva respond to that? I, I thought Rav Akiva holds you're not allowed to own a slave who's uncircumcised, but the Pasuk describes. He says, The Pasuk is talking about a case where you bought the slave Friday afternoon, right before Shabbos. You didn't have time to, uns- to circumcise him. But if you had time, you have to. That's what Rav Akiva says. So in general, it's Aser. I, the Pasuk, describes such a reality. The Pasuk is describing a situation where you didn't have time to circumcise him. Okay. Now, Now, everyone agrees that these words, Ben Amasech, is talking about an uncircumcised slave. How do you know this? How do you see? Ben Amasech just means slave. How do you know it means uncircumcised? My mashma, detanya. The Bryce speaks it out. It's talking about an uncircumcised slave. Maybe it means circumcised. No. Because the Pasuk already says slave. So it says slave twice. One is for a circumcised, one is for uncircumcised. Okay, fine. Now, before we go back to our Machlaikis, just to finish the Bryce, the Bryce also says. Correct. So, Rabbi Kiva says it's talking about a case where you didn't have time to circumcise him. Okay. Now, just to, to finish up, the Bryce then says. Correct, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's talking about Shabbos. The Pasuk is right. talking about Shabbos. But you can't have just the first Shabbos. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rabbi Kiva would just be that first Shabbos, obviously. Now, the Bryce then the Pasuk does say, Vahager. Right? We said in Kiddush, right? Ger. Now, what does Ger mean? Ger can mean convert, or it could be a Ger Toishiv. Ger Toishiv was also a non-Jew that was Mechabal Shev Mitzvah Spenenoyach and worked for you. So, we don't have Ger Toishivs anymore. Ger is a Ger Toishiv. Ger in the Pasuk is talking about a Ger Toishiv, that you have to make sure a Ger Toishiv. A Ger Toishiv is a non-Jew who accepts a Shev Mitzvah Spenenoyach and is willing to work for you. There it is. Sorry. Ger Toishiv. Atom is a great Toshim and a great Maybe Ger means a convert, like a classic Jew. No. Kishuaymer Viger, Hashem Bisharecha. It says Ger twice. Hare Ger Tzadik Omer. I'm not Kaim Kaim. Vager is a Ger Toshim. It's talking about a Ger Toshim. Okay. Meaning that if you have a non Jew who's a Ger Toshim, so again, he's, he accepts not to keep the Shav Mitzvahs. So you have to also make sure that he's not Michal Shabbos. You're responsible financially for him. He works for you. It's sort of like a slave, but it's more like a, a worker slave type of relationship. You have to make sure that, that, that they have to keep Shabbos. Okay. So you have a machlaikas. Um, you have a machlaikas, Rav Akiva and Rav, Rav Yishmal, whether you're allowed to own a, a slave who's uncircumcised. So we're going to now analyze Rav Akiva's sheet a little bit. The Gemara says, I'm Rav Yishuv and Levi. 
Levi says, Let's say you buy a slave. He refuses to be circumcised. He doesn't, he's giving a heart. He's, I, I'm not doing it. Because they'll say, listen, if you tell him, if we circumcise, you're going to keep certain mitzvahs. He says, I'm not going to. And I don't think anyone would advise you to do this. So the guy, mamish, this slave refuses. So what's, what, do you, what do you do? So the halacha is, You're allowed to keep him for 12 months and try to convince him for 12 months to become circumcised. But, if after 12 months he still refuses, sell him back. Okay. So you see that you can keep him for 12 months. Yes, I guess for 12 months that it would be a problem. Maybe 12 months, meaning... Uh. Oh, that's an interesting point. What do you do with the carbon Pesach? That's a good time. I'm not sure. I'll have to check that out. So, no, maybe it's a leap year. Yeah. So the Gemara says, you see that you can keep for 12 months. So the Gemara says, who's the author of this? It must be not like Rav Akiva, because Rav Akiva says you can't have a non-Jewish slave, even for a few days, right? Uh, the Gemara says... Who's the author of this price that says you could have 12 months? It must be not like Rav Akiva. Because Rav Akiva says, Rav Akiva says you're not allowed to keep a slave that's uncircumcised. So the Gemara says no. The answer is when Rav Akiva said that it's a problem, that's not so true. Rav Akiva was lenient to have non-Jewish slaves for periods of time. The Gemara says, Even Rav Akiva is cool with it. Rav Akiva is okay with having a non-Jewish slave if he claimed that he would become Jewish at some point, but then he changed his mind. Meaning, if you buy a non-Jewish slave and say, hey, do you want to become Jewish? He says, no, you can't keep him even for two days. But if you, he says, yeah, I'll do it, and then after like a day or two, he's like, nah, I'm not going to do it. Then you can keep him for 12 months to try to convince him to go back to his original plan. So when Rav said that it's a problem, not always. If he was originally on board, you, could, you have 12 months to convince him to go back to being on board. Now here's the kasha. We said before there was a brisa. The brisa says the pasuk. I'm sorry. The pasuk says that for Shabbos you have to make sure your uncircumcised slave keeps Shabbos. So we said this is not like Rav Akiva, right? Rav Akiva says you can't be uncircumcised. So Rav Akiva says no. It's talking about a case when you bought him right before Shabbos and you didn't have time. Why do you have to say that? Very simple. According to Rav Akiva, you could have a slave for 12 months as long as he he was originally on board. So why do you have to say that the Pasuk is referring to specifically a case where you bought him right before Shabbos and you didn't have time to uncircumcise him? Forget about that. Just say very poshit. You bought him as a as a as a, a with the intention he said he, he would he would circumcise. Then he changed his mind. You have 12 months. You understand the Kasha? Meaning, we said before that Rav Akiva, like it sounds like the only time Rav Akiva is cool with having a non-Jewish slave is if you bought him right before Shabbos, you didn't have time to circumcise him. But now we're saying you can have up to 12 months. So like, why not say that before? Why not answer, explain the Pasuk that way? So the Gemara says, I told Rav Zvid this teaching, and so if that's the case, so when Rav Akiva said before that the Pasuk is referring to a case where you bought him right before Shabbos, why? Just say it's talking about what you have for 12 months. The answer is, The answer is, he could have said that. It's one of two answers. Meaning, he could have said that too. You're right. According to Rav Akiva, when the Pasuk says that you have a non-Jewish slave, it's either talking about a case you bought him right before Shabbos or you have the 12 month situation. Okay. Just to finish up. The Gemara then continues. The Brisa says, How do you have an un- uncircumcised slave that you can keep? If you buy him with the intention never to circumcise him, it's fine. As long as you tell him before, Hey, you're never becoming a Jew, that's fine. 
So who is the author of that brisa? So the Gemara says, Amr Rabbanu Kamei Derefah, but commands like Rav Akiva. It's not like Rav Akiva. Why? Because Rav Akiva is against it. Di Rav Akiva, Amr Ein Mekayim. And I thought Rav Akiva is against having uncircumcised slaves. And this brisa says it's fine as long as you told them before that that's the plan. So the answer is said before. Amr Rabbanu Kamei Derefah, Amr Rabbanu Kamei Derefah, Amr Rabbanu Kamei Derefah, Amr Rabbanu Kamei Asni. The answer is no. Rav Akiva is also okay with such a situation. Meaning, Rav Akiva is okay when the fourth line. Rav Akiva is okay with keeping a non-Jewish slave as long as you stipulate in the beginning, hey, you're not Jewish, and I'm never going to make you Jewish. So Rav Akiva is cool with it. So all of a sudden, what Rav Akiva said before that you can't have a non-Jewish slave, it's not so posh. You could have it if you're born right before Shabbos, you didn't have time. You could have 12 months if he originally was on board, then changed his mind. Or if you just stipulate in the beginning, you're never going to become a Jew. That's also fine. So Rav Akiva has multiple options. So the Gemara is going to have the same kasha, the same answer, which is, which is we started with a Pasuk. The Pasuk says you could have an uncircumcised clay. So we asked Rav Akiva, well, what's up shot? So Rav Akiva said, let's talk about right before Shabbos. The question is now, why not just say very simple? Let's talk about a case where you bought him with the stipulation of him being a guy. And the Gemara is going to answer the same answer, which is, it could have answered that. There are multiple answers the Gemara could have given. The Gemara says, the answer is, it could have answered this. Okay. Because the, the, all the Pasuk is saying is that there's a Metzius of having a non-Jewish slave. So he asked Rav Kiva, how's that possible? I thought it's awesome. So Rav Kiva said, you bought him right before Shabbos. The truth is, Rav Kiva could have also said, it's talking about a case where you bought him with the stipulation, he's never become Jewish. Or you bought him with the stipulation, he'll be Jewish, he accepted it, and then he changed his mind. All of these scenarios, Rav Kiva's cool with having a non-Jewish slave. And you told him, I'm never going to convert you. Yeah, as long as you're on board before. Rav Kiva's cool with it. I guess it's like, if he could become a Jew, you have the responsibility to make him a Jew. But if, if you stipulate before, it's never going to happen. Then. I mean, the point is, when Rav Akiva said before that it's not, it's not allowed, it's not so posh. There's much more room, there's more wiggle, wiggle room than we, we uh, first anticipated. Okay. Yosef, Rav Chanina, Bar Papi, Rav Ami, Rav Yitzchnafcha, Akilad, Rav Yitzchnafcha, all these are Bonham, Rav Yitzchnafcha's house. V'yasi Kamer. Yirach has haisa b'arit Yisrael, v'lerotz ovedel lomul. There was a certain town where the slaves refused to, to, to circumcise. They had a union, and they said, we're not doing it. So, so the town decided, we're going to keep the slaves for 12 months, and we'll sell them back. Which is what we had before. Perfect. It's like the price we had before. If you buy a slave, and he refuses to circumcise, you keep him for 12 months, and if not, you can sell him back. Shimonalazar says you cannot keep an uncircumcised slave in Eretz Yisrael. Chutzlar that's fine, but in Eretz Yisrael you can't. Why? Because it has tataris. Every guy that's uncircumcised who touches is considered tame. If he's in your house, what's the likelihood he's going to touch kachim and truma and mice? Oh, high. So you can't keep him in Eretz Yisrael because he's going to every time he touches truma that you set aside before you give it to the guy, you're going to have to burn it. So we don't allow you to have a non-Jewish slave, uncircumcised slave in Eretz Yisrael. That's just from Allah's day. Another? Another? Okay, yeah, because once they're, once, they're, once they're circumcised, and they're, they're that quasi-period, they're not Tameh. Only Goyim are Tameh. Okay. Another halacha? Another one. You cannot keep a non-Jewish slave if you're in a city, a border city of Eretz Yisrael. You're on the border, was it uh, Mitzbe yeah, Rimon, I think is the border of Lebanon and Eretz Yisrael? Right there, it was a Mitzbe Rimon? No, that's the crater. 
Oh, so uh, Rosh Pina? Rosh Pina. You can't keep a non-Jewish slave in that city. Why? Because he's on the border. He'll go to the border, schmooze with the Lebanese people, because he's a guy, and he'll tell secrets, and he'll tell Vaughn, and they'll let people in, and it's a safety. It's a safety issue. Okay. Let's finish up the daf. Why are there some gerim that have difficulties? They have tsaris. Why? They just converted. What did they do wrong? So the Gemara gives a couple tainas on why gerim sometimes will have difficulties. Also, we got difficulties. First of all, gegulim, and we do a lot of things wrong. You've been Jewish from the time you're born. You got a lot. Of, you got a lot. Of. Listen, according to some shitas, is some shitas, some sefer brings down such a shita. You know, you don't get punished min shemayim until you're 20, according to the Medrash. So some, some opinions say that a ger also gets 20 years. From the moment he converts, he also gets 20 years that he's not punished in, in Bezen Shalmaila for a virus that he does. It's a 20-year period. So, huh? Why? Oh, oh, so th- this Gemara is, is actually in line with what I said yesterday. So the question is, so what, what do the gerim do wrong? Why do they ever have tsaris? What do they do wrong? So Gemara gives a couple tainas on gerim. The Gemara says, First of all, they're punished for the Yom when they were going. In the same way, we get punished when we were younger. They also get punished for what they did in the previous... Okay. Now, that's a Shmer Zach, because usually when you convert, it's a clean slate. So, Rav Yossi Oimer, Gershon is guy, what do you mean? When they convert, they're like a child, like a brand new... It's, it's a new person. They have no shaykhs to their old selves. So how could you say that they're going to be punished for Naki B'Shem Mitzvah when you go in the mikveh, you're a new person? Clean slate. So why do they get punished? It's because they don't keep halacha properly now. Meaning, sometimes converts don't know the halachas as well as someone who's born from. That's why they have a tie, not because of what they did now, before, what they're doing now. Another answer? A lot of converts serve Hashem out of fear. That's the motivating factor for a lot of them, for whatever reason. So because they don't serve Hashem out of love, they serve Hashem out of fear, which I understandable is it's, it's, it's how they got into this game. A lot of converts are motivated by fear because it's hard to, it's hard to start the process. It's like kids, you have to have yira. When you raise a kid, you, you can't just tell them, you know, go to bed or daddy's not going to love you as much, or you, don't you want dad's love to be revealed? No, you say, yeah, okay, see, then I'm no candy. So you have to have yira. There's a healthy level of yira. You also have to have a healthy level of ahava to make sure that the yira is not just like a, like a sheltered dog. But but you, you need yira also. Gerim, a lot of times, are still in that yira base, and that's really not the Ratzon Hashem to serve Hashem as an adult out of yira. The last one is also interesting, which I think is aligned uh, and with what we were saying yesterday. Acherim Oimrim... You know why they're punished? Because they didn't come become converts earlier. That's the Avataina. They should have converted earlier. Now that works well with what we were saying yesterday. That they were if they were always Jews, and then it's just a matter of actively, you know, going in the mikvah, then you could say Hashem's like, listen, I gave you a Jewish Hashem, but what take what took you so long? But if that's not the Vart, if it's just Stam, when they convert, they become spiritually different. And there was, you know, then you can have a taina on him for not doing it earlier. Even though I saw the 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 yivitz, let's just finish the daf. So he says it's a taina on him. Meaning the, the reason why gerim have tainas is because they should have come converted earlier. You convert when you're twenty five. You could have done when you're twenty. 
The Gemara says, "Amr Avo v'yitem rechinin mikra yishalem Hashem palecha v'tim askedecha shleim Hashem l'kiyisrael shebasa lasus v'goyim." The Pasuk says, "You're going to be rewarded for coming under the kavya shchina." I saw the Yavitz. Actually, he makes an interesting point. We all know that uh, the Gemara, famous Gemara Navo Zara, that Hashem goes over to all the nations and offer them the Torah, and they all refused, and it's a taina against them for refusing. So he says, "So you see that you could have a guy could be like um, a guy could be sort of punished." For not accepting Torah as a guy, even though obviously it's not exactly the same, because over there Hashem is offering. I guess over here there's like an internal offer, but that—that's what he says. All right, we'll stop here. Can't you just say that 